Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Good morning, Lonnie. How you doing? I'm good, Stan. How are you? All right. Well, welcome to everyone. Stan, I love this title for this thing, Taking the Nightmares Out of Dealing with Family Members in Business. <laughs> well, you know, Lonnie, even though the Halloween season's passed, we thought we'd cover a spooky little topic like taking the nightmares out of dealing with family members in the business. <laughs> kind of scary sounding title, huh? Oh, yeah. And that's even if they're not active, but are simply passive <laughs> investors, not just shareholders. This is down the center of your fairway, man. Well, you said I was a bean counter, so I had to spice up my life a little bit here. So why should we be concerned about this thing about family members? And Lonnie, you know, I don't have to tell you, and probably our audience is well aware if they're a family business, two greatest threats to a successful continuity, keyword continuity, of family business are conflict and actually lack of succession planning, or poorly done, I might add. And while these nightmares can be found in even small businesses that don't have family members, our focus today is going to be about those businesses where two or more family members are working in the business together. Now, sometimes... It's because they're often confronted with underperforming business segments. Maybe you have different divisions assigned to each particular family member. Sometimes it's just the high-performing units that are victims of conflict. And while conflict properly managed can sometimes be creative, most conflicts arise because family members perceive their needs are not met, and that's really big when it comes to compensation or breach of authority or interference, which I know you'll be talking about. The underpinning of conflict is always about communication. It's individual views, it's personalities, but it's about communication. And in families, what it does is it adds another layer of issue with communication. Yeah, and I think you had some things you were sharing with me this morning when we were chatting on the phone here about some of the other conflict issues that you're seeing. The things that come up, I think, most of the time are definitions, definitions of roles, definitions of responsibilities, definitions of why we're doing this or that, people understanding the direction of the business, okay? Not the direction of the family, the direction of the business. And oftentimes, I think people can't separate the two. Aside, Lonnie, from the frustration and the impact on profitability and morale, which I'm sure everyone can relate to, why does all this matter? And could it be just the examples we're going to be giving are just wild-ass exceptions? 
And I wish I could be answering it with a more favorable answer of, yeah, sure, these and others I've experienced are just exception, but I can't. Proof happens to be in a survey that was done by an international firm, in fact, PwC, some years ago, and it revealed the following. How's this for statistics to get your attention? Nearly half of the family firms interviewed reported that they argued about the future direction of the family business. Now, is that a surprise? Like, duh. No. That's called family. It's like, <laughs> well, that's not new news. In fact, I bet it's more than half. I mean, it's arguing about restaurants. They spent a lot of money. I could have told them that for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then to go further, two-fifths, and for us accounts, that's 40%, okay, said they've argued that about the performance of family members employed in the business. Remember that story about the home remodelers, the two brothers who were yes. fighting over the roles? And then you add that quarter of the family business argued about the setting of remuneration levels. That's definitely got to be low. I'll bet you it's a lot more than 25%. That's a major issue, which we're going to talk about. In fact, it's number one on our list. I get the privilege of talking about it. And I will give you some more stories that will raise the hair in your head if you have any left. <laughs> and lastly, 70%, over 70% of the family business survey did not have any procedures for dealing with disputes between family members. Again, I'll bet it's a lot more than that number. And you got to also keep in mind, I think the statistics are that two out of three, actually, I had misquoted when I wrote this down, two out of three don't make it past the second generation. And that's the good news. Six out of seven, that's the bad news, don't make it past the third generation. So if you meet a fourth generation business that says a lot for them, either lucky or they're doing some of the things that make successful businesses continue. Stan, may sound a bit like a doomsday reporter, but he's telling it like it is. That's why we're covering this topic and hope that you won't allow yourself to become victims. Lonnie, can I interrupt you? Did you see me on Halloween with my Grim Reapers outfit? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're now family business owners who are looking for something sharp on their desk. Two-thirds of all new jobs in the United States are created by the 39 million small businesses, and most of those are family business-owned. And 50% of the gross domestic product happens here in the United States through that set of family small businesses. That's one of the reasons we're doing our virtual roundtables, which you'll hear more about later. But that's a real area of assistance for successful families in small business. But those families that are successful, what do they do to minimize conflicts? In one sentence, here's the answer. Successful family businesses have procedures to deal with three dimensions of the business, family, owners, and management. And that's the stuff of an entirely different webinar, actually, because We couldn't possibly cover that in one session. But today, Stan and I are going to take the most practical route, where you want to be dealing with conflict and succession. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you some of the symptoms, and then we're going to give you some of the solutions. As you know, we're looking to be practical. We have emphasized from the beginning that we don't want to to act as a bunch of teachers or overload you with a lot of theoretical stuff. This is the reality. And quite frankly, this list of about six items that we're going to talk about is a small penance of all the possible sources of conflict. But I think they'll give us something that, A, I think will reach out to most people, number one, so it covers a bigger part of the audience, and number two, actually set a framework for the processes and procedures we want to kind of talk about. 
and anyone who wants to learn more than this, as we always tell you, we will always have some supplemental materials available to you, either by answering your specific questions, which you can pose at info at SB, virtualroundtables.com, or just look at some of the material sources that we have hyperlinks on on our website on the topics. So let's talk about what the topics are. We'll talk about six sources of frustration. One is compensation among family members. The section is what we call interferences by family members, notably the current generation of leaders like the founder or maybe the next founder after that. Family members and how you admit them and interferences by other people within the organization. And number five is relationship from the childhood being carried over into the business. Now that I say kind of awkwardly, but think about that. How you react with each other. No sibling rivalries in any family business, right, Stan? Or even between uncles and aunts and other family members, sure. Not even just, I wish it was only sibling rivalry. <laughs> Nothing better than the aunt who is in a clerical position or an uncle for that matter, acting like, because they were always your like dominant other parent, now deciding that they're going to tell you what to do when you're the CEO of the business because they still think yes. he was a kid. I remember when you were in short pants. Yeah. And the last one is, of course, just the whole issue of succession. So we'll be talking about that, especially when it comes to identifying who the future successor candidates are and grooming them. So that's our key focus today. Why don't we start out with number one? So here we go. Compensation. I guess we should start with a war story. And it's called, You'll Never Be More Equal Than Me. Right? <laughs> and this client was a, I mean, like a big, like 30 million plus general construction company. And the one brother who was an ex-football player at hot college, the big shot in the area, but also very bright and very motivated and a good manager, good leader. So he was kind of running the show while the other brother who was an engineer was in a very technical role. Now that would be okay. And maybe even the other brother, the two brothers would be equally compensated except for one problem. None of the employees respected or even trusted the engineering brother. He actually wasn't doing a great job, though I'm not saying his work itself was poor, but if you looked at results and things like that, his dynamic with other people, it was actually a minus. And that was okay because the two brothers were getting equal salaries for quite a long time until the one brother said, you know, I've always had far more responsibility. I put more time in, I got more pressure, blah, blah, blah. I'd like a raise. And the other one says, great, so long as you give me more. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I want to be recognized for my contribution, though those were not the exact words, just had a little more profane than that. Okay, and the long short of it is, and us consultants hate to tell about our failures, but in that case, I would say I didn't accomplish what I wanted, which was to keep the business going and intact, resolve the conflict. But nothing we could do, including Lonnie, offering the other partner other ways of getting compensated. The bottom line is, we ultimately had we were forced, in effect, in order for the one brother the dominant brother, if you will, to move on with his life, to dissolve, listen to that, dissolve the company. Well, anyone out there who's a lawyer and accountant knows that's not a good thing. It has a lot of deleterious impact. No. Oof. Even if you can get all your money out of it. And the long short of it is within the year, the partner, the dominant brother who wanted the raise was back to running another business at $30 million. Interesting. And it's a true story, an example of what you have to do. And it was repeated in a client I had. Two brothers. And one was the outside brother doing the client work. The other was the inside brother who was doing everything, process, et cetera, down to ordering the pencils. I mean, file folders. 
and keeping his hand on everything. But he really had a problem with the other brother. In fact, they had so many conflicts that the one brother moved out of state, in fact, to the far west, and they didn't speak except when necessary for three years. And finally, they got together with a shrink, actually, that both Stan and I know, who does work with family businesses. And after he worked with the two of them, he called me and said, see what you could do with them. I've at least got their family issues resolved. Now you got to get their business issues resolved. And the point there is this. We're not trying to tell everyone what they should do because money is your own issue. But the reality is, whatever caused the engineering brother to literally say, he'll never be more equal than me. It wasn't like the engineering partner was making minimum wage. He was making a good, I mean, a good six-figure salary, far more than he'd make as an engineer. This was the same thing with these two guys, because I never got to my point, and that was that the inside guy was being paid a lot less than the outside guy. The way the shrink ended up fixing it was... They agreed to equal comp, and how they did it was the inside guy got a bonus at the end of the year, and based upon how they did as a company, et cetera, and that's how they resolved it. But even to this day, is not resolved. They still have issues. And in fact, it's a good example that even with all the good ways we could describe, we're not suggesting some of the things we're saying are not without fault because we tried things like mediation we tried things like hey would you go talk to it obviously this one brother had a real issue that goes back to childhood we'll talk about that later that was not resolved simply put he was never treated like a second class citizen and despite what we knew about other employees feelings towards the one brother he was always treated with respect but it was obviously his head problem but as a 50 percent owner he still had a voice. And I might also say we were even willing to buy him out at a premium to show good faith. We tried everything in a rational, reasonable, fair-minded way, and nothing. It was just it wouldn't matter what we presented to him, including a Christmas present, okay? It just wasn't going to ever be more equal, to use his own words. So some things just aren't resolvable. And I think that's another point that when you've done all that is reasonably considered best practices, sometimes you gotta know when enough is enough. And deal with it. Well, let me talk about the second issue. Well, before you do that, why don't we give them some oh, yeah, tips sure. on how you deal with compensation issues? How's that? I know you had some thoughts about that in terms of performance and things like that. I mean, that. I think the biggest issue associated with compensation is definition of roles and responsibilities, but it's also performance measurement, real measurement that fit the job, et cetera, because this is a problem in any small business let alone a family business where you've got that other layer of emotion that's associated with compensation. And the big thing is in job description and where's your job begin and end and how much authority do you have to carry that out and are you being paid effectively for that? That's a huge issue. It was an issue with these two brothers. It was an issue with another family business that I had been involved in with a husband and wife team where I thought they were going to get divorced over the whole compensation issue. 
where one thought that they were doing more than the other. You hinted to another one about roles. I hate to beat this example to death, but we talk about the war story where I had two brothers, one was in sales, one was in production management, construction field, and we reversed the roles. You can have a family member who's doing a great job, and yet they're complaining about compensation, and what they really need is a lot more than that role will play. Hint. Have you considered giving them other roles? One of the things that we encourage our family business owners and managers to do is to try to circulate their family members through different roles to find what their best suit is. You can have a family member who's great at a lot of things, great hitter, great runner, great, you know, <laughs> the whole big, great pitching, boy, and yet he may not be in the best use and purpose, as we say in real estate field for land, best use and purpose of that employee. So maybe shifting them around might actually be a win-win Absolutely. for everybody in terms of their compensation levels. As a coach, you, you always want to have the player fit the position as opposed to the other way around. So you put a player in the best place where they can succeed. Same thing in a family business. You put your gregarious folks on the sales and marketing side. You put your more inside folks in the inside jobs. And that's just logical. But for some reason in a family business, the logic goes sideways. Of course, another way to deal with this issue of compensation is if you belong to a trade association, they oftentimes have studies that they have done, all the members pop in their information anonymously, where they'll have ways and salary and compensation systems. So you can use that. Now, on the other hand, the backfire is you'll get a pretty slick family member who will go and get some study that might support their case, but it's not representative of what all the other studies are showing. So you got to be careful when you're being caucus for that. Well, lest we beat the compensation issue to death, let me talk about another issue. And this one's probably as important as any that's there. And that is the previous generation interfering with the current generation. Now that never happens. Dad hands over the reins to son and rides off into the sunset. Does that happen every time, Stan? <laughs> Literally, I had a client who handed off the reins to his son in 1985. I had him as a client in 2014. Now, you don't have to be a big mathematician to understand that's a period of nearly 30 years, yet the father was still involved in the business and every day. And not only was he involved every day, but he'd undercut his son at least once a day, undermine a decision that he made. And what was the issue? The son was afraid of the father, and he put it under the heading of respect. No. He was afraid, period. And it was one of those things where I ended up with doing as much as I possibly could, but if he wasn't going to change, sure, if the old man dying, it wasn't going to happen. And incidentally, the old man's still there and still doing the same thing. I mean, wonderful people, both of them. Yeah, it's hard. We call that the letting go, but not really syndrome. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I had a $20 million distributor, same thing. The father was going around and any opportunity he could throw a curveball at his son in the eyes of other employees, he would do it. And how we got rid of that is we finally shipped him off to Florida. <laughs> so he could only do it by phone. 
It's unbelievable. We couldn't ship this guy off because his wife wouldn't allow it. <laughs> just to backtrack, just a half a second, just pull across my mind, I think I forgot to mention. Another way, the whole compensation thing is it a quality thing, okay, rather than equity. I understand as a parent how difficult it would be to treat your kids differently. I get that sense of personal issue. But there are ways, if it's your money, you can do what you want with it. To some degree, compensation is your money, if you will. But the reality is, if you want to do best practices and really compensate your family members based upon objective criteria, as if they were not family members, that's easy enough to do. I think you all recognize it. But then if the personal side of you says, I still want them all to end up with the same portion of, quote, the pot, there's ways to do that through gifts, through estate planning. So I don't want to beat it to death. Like I said, we're not here to teach everything there is to know about it. But just to give you top of mind awareness, please make sure that when you're talking with your advisor, these are some of the issues that are being brought up. If you tell them what your objective is and you have to tell them, they shouldn't be telling you because they're going to be focusing on tax planning. And that's one of the mistakes that often happens is they're so focused with wowing you, which is good with their tax savings. It may not work as to what you personally want to accomplish. We may be beating this compensation issue to death, but we're not. We're really looking at it from several different vantage points. It's a very, very hard issue to deal with because it's so fraught with emotion and the like that we want to try to give you some symptoms that you may see in your own business and maybe can avoid or figure out ways through some of the things we say here to help you through them. And since our focus, again, is we're talking about the sources of conflict, we're going to try to give you solutions to them, but we want to at least put the sources on the table so you know you're not alone. So another issue is, do we or don't we admit family members into the business? I know companies, there's no way you're getting in the business as a family member, and that's their privilege. And then you have, for them, there may be very clear reasons, but there's good and bad to the subject. But if you're going to admit them, we have to establish, if we agree to do that, there's got to be criteria. It could be, frankly, based upon having had five years of previous experience elsewhere. Some people require them to go work someplace first, so at least they can at least see what the rest of the world is like and then appreciate what they've got, if you will. Could be issues of education. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of criteria. Whatever suits you is what you need, but we have to spell it out and live with it. That's a really good point. I had a client who had a small family business And he had a rule that said, if you're going to come into the business, you have to have worked for X years, I forget how many years it was, three or five, with another company before you're allowed to enter here. And even then, you're going to enter at a low level. So basically, you're going to earn your way in, first of all, understanding what's going on outside and then understanding what's coming in here, and you're going to move up the company not come in at the top. Lonnie, I'll just throw a little sidebar in here for those who are thinking about bringing in children or whatever from the business. One of the kind of things that you often hear about in the kind of work we do when we specialize in the family business dynamic stuff, if you will, is the kid who comes into business who's never worked anywhere else other than during going to school. And they're doing a great job, but they still have this lingering doubt, I wonder if I could have made it in a non-family environment. One of the benefits of giving me a chance to succeed and fail is they legitimize and solidify their self-perception of themselves, especially when they've been successful, obviously. So sometimes that's an advantage. So they're not sitting there at 55 saying, I wonder. 
So we're going to talk about roles too, Lonnie, in fact, and do that. But let's take a few seconds here and listen to some information you want to know. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems? The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. Welcome back. It's important to define roles and responsibilities. And as important is to provide the authority. But the important thing here is the definition of the role, because that role will be not just something that because they have a degree in it or whatever, but they may need to be trained and they may need to be trained by non-family members who are in the business. That's important is that they get that background so they can then assume a role and grow in it. And Lonnie, number five is the relationship that you bring from your childhood into the business, like I mentioned about the aunt before her uncle. So I'm not going to beat to death, but simply to say, be conscious of the dynamics of what's going on at work and see if they couldn't be related to somehow the relationships that you had as a child. And if it's really obvious and become an issue, it actually might require some more serious intervention than just any good advice I gave you here in a podcast, to put it bluntly. Talk about succession. Yeah, let's talk about succession. And it's tied with as well, not just succession, but exit altogether. And if it's a small family business, family members that are there, think about having a buy-sell arrangement. That's going to be important. Talk to your accountant and your attorney about something like that. And finally, the future leaders of your business, are you going to hire from outside? Are you going to first exhaust the number of candidates inside? Is there anybody that you've seen who seems to be ready to take it on? Because here's the thing, you've got to have a succession plan. Because if somebody who's running the business today is in ill health or suddenly gets into ill health, that's going to be something that you're going to have to deal with all of a sudden. You don't want to be dealing with that all of a sudden. You want to have a plan together when that happens. So you got to be grooming people to come up behind whoever's in the senior management position, and you have to get them to understand this 
so that there doesn't become a political thing where I'm sitting here waiting for this guy to die or waiting for this guy to leave. But you have to have a plan. And if you don't have somebody, you've got to start to look outside and determine what the requirements are going to be. So first and foremost, figure out the requirements. Figure out what role this person's got to play in the business. If it's running the business or if it's driving the finances of the business or driving the sales and marketing, define what that is and then figure out where in the company that that person might exist or somebody we can bring along inside. And since we said our focus today is primarily on sources of conflict, let me assure you, if you do the succession planning process, there will be conflict. But the good news is it'll be manageable rather than happening on the fly, on the job, if you will, in the front of all the other employees who are not family members. So it's a pay me now or pay me later kind of consideration. So I guess it's time to wrap it up. So what did we talk about today? We talked about compensation, absolutely one of the key items that's a source of conflict in a lot of family businesses. We talked about interference by other family members, especially the founder or whoever's in the CEO role. Family members about admitting them, having a process, and whether or not you do invite them at all. The relationship they bring from your childhood to the business and how you need to not necessarily separate them, but at least recognize them. And lastly, the importance of the succession planning process, especially as it relates to identifying family members as candidates or when it might be time to consider a non-family member in the business. So I want to thank you all on behalf of Lonnie and I for spending your precious time with us. We invite you to share your war stories with us, ask questions, and even request an invitation to be guests at one of our virtual roundtables. You simply have to go to sbvirtualroundtables.com and you'll see a link and you can learn more about the roundtables and also contact us. So come and take a test drive and see where it takes you and your business. In fact, as I've mentioned, we'll allow you three complimentary visits to our roundtables as a guest. You can be confident that it's a mutual fit before you even decide to join. And we promise you feel just like family as soon as you might expect. So thank you a lot and see you next time. See you all. Bye. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business, delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call.